Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. We're back. It's still March. I was going to say it's March, but it was March last time. Uh, as always, I am Legal86 and I'm joined by Nerd Bomber. Good afternoon, evening, morning. I don't know when people are listening to these. And Tectic One. Happy spring, folks. Oh, that's right. It happy is spring. spring. Yeah, that was a much better thing to say than happy March because it's been March for a while, but it is now spring. So for those of you who suffer from seasonal allergies, like myself, welcome. Um, but it's nicer out. The sun's up for longer. We actually did. We Did we go through daylight savings we did. in between the last one? I think or was did. that before that? Okay. I mean, that was horrible because we sprang forward, but at least it's brighter out like in the evenings. Um, I think we t- talked about it before, but I would definitely rather lose that extra hour one day and then have a nice, bright evening every day. That's right. We I think we talked about this like at length last time. Mm-hmm. I don't have a very good memory. Um, I, in fact, there's probably a number of things that I've talked about a hundred times on this podcast, and that trend will be continuing. Um, but let's let's just get right into what you guys have been up to with our classic What Are You Up To Wednesday. And let's start with Tactic 1. Ooh, so I'm excited. So since I have an extra hour of daylight outside, I have been trying to get outside more to get ahead of the summer slash spring chorin. And uh, first thing on the docket is I'm going head first into landscaping. And by that, I'm we had all these like rotting wood frames around all of our garden beds i'm replacing them with with a nice stone retaining wall really excited about it and then the actual bed themselves because i'm tired of maintaining plants and things like that is going to get replaced with gravel and i'm going to have a lot of stone figurines in that aka no maintenance required let's talk about figurines are we talking like baby baby cupid okay so we we like we will Always stay away from gnomes, angels, cupids, all those other stuff. I like what's even left after that. Puppies. puppies. Just gonna be like a dog garden. You, you're darn tuned. And lighthouses. Oh, okay, that's a good one. My my grandpa had a lighthouse, and it, his lighthouse like actually lit. Yeah, up. they got solar powered ones. So the plan is, we got these two puppy ones that say welcome. Then there's a lighthouse, and then they have this. Uh, I forget the name of it, but I was like really up on it when I first found out about it. But it's this, it looks like a lighthouse, but it's really like this bug deterrent. And it can work for up to like two miles. It's ridiculous. And you said you're going with gravel instead of mulch. Correct. That's, yeah, that's a good choice. Isn't it? Because mulch, I mean, as, as, a, as a kid, I had my, my dad would be like, come on, we're going to remulch the mulch. I don't know. I don't know what he said. Every Shout year, out to my dad. You're going to freaking remulch the mulch. You're absolutely right. And it was, it's and the it's worst. truckloads of mulch. Of all the chores I've done outside, which granted hasn't been that much, but of all the ones I've done, that one had to be the worst one. It's just, a, it's just, you're on your hands and knees, spreading dirt. It's just dirt, right? Or was it, it's like It's tree. like wood chips. Yeah, it's like dyed black wood chips. And Ours then you get, black. you get all that crap on your hands, and like your hands are black for a while. Right, and then you finally get it all spread out, and then your dad or yourself is like 
Now we gotta do something with the old mulch. No, my, you know, my problem isn't the work itself. It's that you can never buy enough mulch. You could fill your entire truck bed with mulch, and then when you're said and done, you look at it, you go, hmm, I can use another two bags of mulch. And it's every year. No matter how much you throw on there, where does it all go? Well, I have a question, which is, why do you have to, is it, do you replace mulch every year because the mulch, does something happen to it? Does so, it blow away or something? Dye, I, I literally don't know. So, like, if you have an especially rainy season or just from sun exposure, the dye actually runs off of the mulch. So, like, you've got this nice either black or red mulch, and then as the season goes on and winter hits, then it's more just like a faded out color, and it just doesn't look Good. And you don't need to fully replace it. You can usually like turn it over a couple times before you need to, because obviously only the top layer layers really getting sun bleached. But it's just every year you got to be messing around with it. Period. And I just want, I just wanted to minimize that amount of mulch that I'm tending to. Plus, this is like a gardening podcast now. Yeah, but well, I'm changing gears. I'm real excited. I got I got a pretty significant list. It's it's first I'm going to do that. Then I got to build a fire pit. This is gonna my my backyard is gonna be as the kids say lit. I thought you had a fire pit. Well, we got one of those. Oh, those like a stone one. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten a tan yet? How's your tan doing? Uh, the uh the short sleeve tan you're talking about. Yeah, farmer's tan. Uh, I haven't had enough sunlight yet, but uh, I hope to get an early start on it. I'm pretty excited. And. And has has the Nerd Bomber, what's the division of labor here? Is it just 100% tactic, or has Nerd Bomber offered and you've been like, no, no, I got it. Well, most like, of the work the... I can get done before she even gets home from work. Yeah, a lot ah. of the stuff, so, so far it's only been the rock garden, and he basically just took a sawzall to, because it was a bunch of, like, shrubbery. So he took a sawzall to the shrubbery and then put a tarp down, and now today, before I got home, he was putting down, like, the border stones. So, so far I haven't gotten a chance to do anything. And don't worry, I didn't just cut out the top and then and then cover it cuz it can grow. I destroyed the bottom of the plant. So I didn't those of you who are going to comment saying, "Hey, you didn't do it right." I did it right. So, when you when you're talking about building this, I'm sorry, I keep asking questions. I'm just I'm very interested in this as someone who doesn't do any of this stuff. So, and you're building this retaining wall. You're, are you literally just like you start with one rock and you're like where should this rock go and then you just like build, literally just building the wall out of rocks well it's not like ob, like weird shaped rocks it's like rectangular like legos it's like building legos you just got to flatten okay. out the ground nice and flat below where you lay them and then you lay them because i've seen both kinds where like you said some of them it's just like let's just take some weird flat but like misshapen rocks and just stack them and just hope which I'm like, that doesn't seem well, right. A lot of the times they, they will take some kind of adhesive too between them, whether it be concrete or, or regular construction adhesive. They don't. And you're not going to adhesive. Stack and pray. You have no adhesing plans. So I only have the bottom row down right now. I just figured I was at Home Depot. Let me grab a bunch of them and see how far I can get. Tomorrow I'm probably going to adhese. Cool. Shout out to Home Depot. Good work with the stoning. Well. You know what I mean. Uh, Nerd Bomber, what about you? What have you been up to? So I believe since the last podcast, um, this is relatively new, we actually invested in a Nintendo Switch. So, Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, so we have a Switch now, and we have four games for it. Um, we have Sonic, what is it, Sonic Forces? I think Sonic Forces, we haven't played that yet. Um, we have Mario Kart, which is fun. Um, 
we have Breath of the Wild, uh, the Zelda game, which I started, Tectic has not started, which I feel like, um, I, I can't really put my finger on how I feel about it, because there's a lot of puzzles, and it's taking me a while to figure out, like, what I'm supposed to be doing. Puzzles are amazing. That means you love it. I mean, puzzles are amazing, but it's a very open world, no direction type game, and I haven't played one of those in a very long time. Like, usually there's some more linear direction to the games that I play. Um, but so far I'm having fun with it. It's just lots of puzzles. And then um, we also have Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Yes! And that is the one we've been playing the most because it has a new co-op mode. And they've definitely they made the game a lot easier. It's basically a rehash of Red and Blue with like the 3D features of the newer games. Um, but they made it really easy because with two people playing... Every battle that you go through, it's like a two-on-one instead of the normal 1v1 battle. Because you, the second player just becomes like another Pokemon you can throw out there and control. So it's easy, but it's a lot of fun. Now, would you say that you that you have switched to the Switch? Huh. Yeah, I was, waiting. I was waiting for that whole time to say that. So my feelings on the Switch overall as a whole so first of all we did we have another game in transit so there was there's a game called fitness boxing which if you guys remember like the Wii Fit this is like the newest incarnation of um the Nintendo fitness games and so we did the demo and a couple days after the demo like my arms and my back were still like you could feel it like it didn't hurt but you could just feel like I had actually worked out a little bit so we bought that. In terms of what's that, the alternative to fitness boxing, like lazy boxing? That's what I want to know right away. It's like, why would you call it fitness boxing? Just sad call it boxing? boxing. I mean, I guess maybe there's like arcade boxing, like you know, like the Wii, the old Wii boxing wasn't really like boxing boxing. Oh, that was great! Oh. You just shake the controller as violently yeah. as possible. Like this, I mean, you it, actually it gave you a workout. This actually <laughs> tracks, like, you have to do straight punches, jabs, uppercuts, hooks, stuff like that. And if you don't do it right, it yells at you. Oh, so they want, like, combos? Yeah, it's, like, full-on Oh, that's way boxing. more involved. Yeah. Um, so for that kind of thing, it's really cool because even though we do have the PSVR and the camera and we do have the Kinect, I feel like I still kind of like the physical tracking. Yeah, they the, the VR for, I mean, in terms of... PlayStation, like I haven't done much full room stuff, but I can't imagine it would be able to. Well, no, I've seen someone play a boxing game and it like went pretty well, so I don't know. But I mean, Nintendo was the first person there on that, so like I would think they would have had more of the kinks worked out. I think the portability is like the thing that would sell me the most. I'm like, you can just like pick it up and just carry it around. It's basically like a giant Game Boy. To me, that's like the big selling point. That's what I don't like about it. If you're going to make what? it portable, well, hear me out. If you're going to make it portable, you better make the price lower. But it's not portable. It's just, it's, it's like, it's portable and also not portable. Right. So my, my problem with it is, is the price tag. But because... see, so I'll stop you there. Um, when we, we both, I'm actually sitting here staring at a Nintendo 3DS on our table. And when we hmm. bought those, those were $150. Mm-hmm. The Switch right. is not that much more expensive, considering you're getting much better hardware. Isn't the Switch $300? Right, but, like, it's double the price, but you're getting much better hardware, better processing power. Like, you can play games that are also on the PS4 and the Xbox, yeah. which you could never do with your 3DS. 
if so you let's say you it's got it's a good perk but right now i feel like the library is what i think you is lacking that's what you're struggling with because a lot of the library seems like it could be something played on a 3ds okay hypothetical situation okay okay you give you get your kid a nintendo switch and they take it to school do you yell at them absolutely yeah of course i do they take it out of the house do you yell at them uh it depends on the circumstances yeah, like if we're going but on to vacation, school, then that's kind of the point. Right, exactly. Or like on a long car ride, but like to school is like a, that's a totally different environment. Yeah, but kids play it on the bus stop. What's wrong with that? I mean, at the on the bus ride to school. I don't think I don't think a kid's bus ride to school should be long enough to justify. I'm going to take an, a game console on the bus. Let me focus that a little bit more. Let's say you're the first bus stop to be picked up. How long did it take you to get to school? How long did it take you to get this? It took me like 20 minutes. I was the first bus stop, and it took me an hour from, from pickup to, to drop off. Okay. I mean, you raise, you raise a fair point, but I would argue that your point is like, I don't want to say self-defeating, but like that's what three, Nintendo 3DSs are for. Like, like I, I think the Switch is, is filling a different niche than the 3DS fills. The 3DS fills the bus stop, the, the bus scenario. I think the vacation scenario is more adequately filled by the Switch. It could also be filled by the D- 3DS, but it's more adequately filled by the Switch because the Switch, like Nerdbomber said, has just has more capability. But I don't have one, so like, take it away, Nerdbomber. Well, I, I agree with you. I think the Switch is more like I'm taking it somewhere where it's not going to get banged around that much. Like, it would. It's nice to have portable. If you're going to someone's house for a game night, you can set it up. It's got a little kickstand in the back. And you can mm-hmm. hook it up to anyone's TV pretty easily and then play Mario so, Tennis. Or you can take it on vacation with you. I don't think it's meant for the short jaunt. I'm sure people use it that way. But I think just in terms of how fragile the technology really is, I feel like it's more for stable travel. Okay, so, so what, one thing I do love about it is it kind of brings back what we grew up with. Do you remember throwing your console in your backpack and go to your friend's play- house and having a LAN party? Yeah, yeah. That's that, that I can get behind. I just again I get I guess those had the same price tag as this does way back in the day. So all right, you guys have sold me. And I mean the nice I still thing, do land parties occasionally. They're they're amazing, but and I can't imagine how great they'd be with a switch because the switch is like you don't even need a backpack no. for that. Alright, sold. You're right. Now the other thing that it begs into question is is does it make you look at the consoles like the PS4 and the Xbox One and say, How does the switch have the same graphical processing power well it doesn't quite and that's the thing that i i really enjoy the switch and i'm glad that we have it but just going through the library of games you can tell quickly that the quality of games is very different and it's nothing like they're good games don't get me wrong but if you're looking for that like graphically intense first person shooter that looks super ultra realistic you're not going to get that on the switch and I would argue that Nintendo, has, that's always been Nintendo's market. Right. Nintendo's market is not, we're, we're not, it, it's their, their market is like, we're not going to try to blow you away with graphical intensity. We're just going to be more fun and perhaps in certain instances more inventive and have better IP, you know. Um, You're just going to go out and say it. Well, I, I mean, I don't, like, for me personally, that's not true. Like, I'm not a Pokemon guy. I was never a huge Smash Brothers guy. So, like... I'm just saying that in general, I think if you were to ask a casual gamer 
which of the big three has the best IP or like the strongest IP, it would be Nintendo every time. I will say, I do think that in terms of IP, um, it depends what you're looking for. Like you said, like I feel like Nintendo is really strong in the family and party game yes. yeah. niche. And that's not so much the case with Xbox and PlayStation. If you think about the types of games you get on those two consoles, it's not something where you're going to get like four people in a room playing Mario Tennis or any kind of game together like that. At most, you're going to get like a Jackbox party pack type scenario. But for the, like, that's Nintendo's bread and butter is just that kind of party game. And even if you look at the library of titles available, like that's the majority um, Smash Brothers is really targeted to having a lot of people playing. Yeah. Um, Mario right. Party, um, Mario Kart. Yeah, when like, you think, I, I, I agree with that. That's a really good point, right? So Nintendo's synonymous with Mario Party. Then when you go to Microsoft, you get Halos, for me, is the first thing that comes to mind. PlayStation, God of Wars, or Gears. Is just, I mean, right. those are... PlayStation isn't Gears. I mean, not Gears. God of, yeah, God of Wars, PlayStation. Those are games that I would not show, like, a six-year-old child to. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I, I think PlayStation especially is more geared to like, I'm an adult. Like, you know, like, I'm going to shoot something. Like, you know, that's just like, it's just different what, strokes. What is PlayStation me. geared towards? I'm sorry, I missed that. Like, that was my, that was literally my big, big bad man voice. Like, I'm an adult. Like, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot something. You know? That's like, that's what I say when I sit down to play my PlayStation. Um, to add, to, just like to briefly, we should move on, but like the portability aspect, the one thing you didn't mention too that I think is like the best aspect of the portability is you're like, you were like, when would you let your, would you let your kid leave the house with it? I don't even think it's about leaving the house. I think it's like, especially back in the day when consoles were tied to one TV, imagine being a kid and there's like one TV in the house and you're like, I want to play the PlayStation or the Nintendo Switch. And then your mom is like, but I want to watch my like stories. You know, Real Housewives of Orange County. What's that? Real Housewives of Orange County. Right, whatever it may be. But like, and even like for you guys, like, let's say you're like, it's like a lazy Sunday morning, and you're just laying in bed, and you're like, I want to play the Switch, but I don't want to go out to the to the TV. Oh, that sounds amazing. There's the Switch. It's just there, and I just have it. Well, that was that was one of our. This is gonna sound terrible and probably like wasteful, but that was one of our motivators in getting it. We made sure that we had at least one single player game because one of the the main issues so we have duplicate consoles for both PlayStation and Xbox just because that's the way like via gifts and whatnot we just have two of each but the problem is that the downstairs area is off limits to our dog so whoever gets shunned to the downstairs just kind of feels like it's a nice room it's a great setup but you're like away from the dog you're by yourself it's kind of like a little cave which in some cases can be nice but sometimes you just want to be with the fam so it's kind of nice like then one person can play the switch instead and the other person is on the main tv and you're all in the same room no one has to leave it's nice that lower room is a great you're not you're not a spooky gamer but it's a great spooky game location i tried i think what did i play um I think he, I think you might have played. I, I think I told you to play Last of Us because it was on. No, the- is that movie where you're like a group of teens? Yeah, last they're not Last of Us. Uh, what the heck is it called? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Why can't uh, I think of the name? Crap! It's the one that's got the girl from from Heroes is like the main girl, and it's like it's like her likeness and like Rami Malek, who actually 
just won an Oscar. He was like the likeness for one of the characters. Why can't I think of the name? Until Dawn. Until Dawn. That's what it's called. Right. I played Until um, Dawn by myself in the dark, yeah. cavey, spooky room. Like, to paint you guys a picture, it's all like dark hardwood paneling in the entire room. That's just how we bought it, not by choice. So it's like a very dark room. Even if you have three lights on, it just feels dark. And then there's a window looking out into like another dark area of our yard. And it's just kind of creepy when you're playing a horror game by yourself and like there's too many entrances and it's not good great ambiance for spooky games terrible great um so you heard it here first nintendo switch seems good i don't know i don't know what the takeaway is what's your takeaway so far i mean i'm really enjoying it so far pokemon is a blast uh fitness boxing is actually a decent workout um Breath of the Wild is a really good-looking game. I haven't really delved into it that much, but so far, so good. I like it. I've heard... So, oh, I hear you a might cat. be able to hear a... Yeah, there's a, there's a cat meowing in the background here. A, a very needy cat, I might add, uh, who's desiring attention. But um, So I'll, I'll let you know what I've been up to. I'll try to be brief because Sorry, I want to move on to the... No, no, totally fine. Um, I, I'm going to just summarize mine in terms of three recommendations. Uh, one book, one movie, and one television show. Uh, first of all, um, for those Netflix users out there, Queer Eye, the third season came out, uh, I think, two weeks ago. I watched it in like two or three days, I think. Um, very easily watchable. If you're into that sort of thing, which it's like, it's basically like a makeover reality show. Um, so if that's your cup of tea, it's great. It's very well produced. There's a lot of very touching moments, a lot of very cool transformational moments. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the second thing is kind of the obvious thing, which is this past weekend I saw Us. Did you guys see Us yet? I'm not a huge horror person. I don't like seeing oh, right. it in the- theaters. Like, I'd rather yeah, watch it at home. I didn't even put it in my fantasy lineup. That was a we mistake. Literally just, yeah, that was a huge mistake. We'll get to the fantasy yeah, results It's not like later, I got but... like third place or anything, though. Spoiler alert. Um, so I saw Us. Uh, you, yeah, you just said you're not a horror person. Um, Us was fantastic. I won't really say too much besides that, especially since there's a lot of potential spoiler material. But if you're wondering uh, whether it's good or not, first of all, stop wondering. I don't know. I, I don't know why you were wondering in the first place. I, re- I heard today that it made the most. It was the highest grossing original film based on an original concept since Avatar, which was in 2009. That just goes to show you how many non-original movies are coming out and making loads upon loads of money. Um, So that was good. The third thing is um, I don't do many audiobooks. I'm not a huge audiobook person, but uh, I just recently listened all the way through one. Um, Does the name Malcolm Gladwell mean anything to either of you? It does. Isn't that... Yeah, um... Nerd Bomber, I know it means something to you. I had a feeling it would. Yeah. Was it Gun, Sherms, and Steel? Guns, Rams, and Steel, I, I think that was him. I can't remember. We, Nerd Bomber and I, history lesson for all of you out there. Uh, actually, this the first time Nerd Bomber and I met, we took a class in college called Honors Colloquium because we're very honorable people. Uh, Technic did not make the cut. Guns, Rams, um, and Steel, by the way, hey, whatever, was not man. him. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, it, it wasn't. It sounded like the kind of thing that would be him, but it, it's not. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell is this guy who... He writes for The New Yorker, but he also has written a few books. He's like, he wrote this book called The Tipping Point, which is the one we read an excerpt right. from that in this class. Um, 
And it's kind of like the stuff he writes about is very like freakonomic-y kind of stuff. Um, like analyzing certain things, psychoanalyzing certain things, and just kind of like shedding new light on things you thought you knew a lot about, but you actually don't know much about. That's kind of the general theme of it. And the book that I listened to was uh, basically a collection of his New Yorker articles, which tend to be like profiles on interesting people who you probably don't know, or like um, another example is like, he did a whole thing about um, Enron and why Enron went wrong. So that kind of, it was also a little bit of an older book, Um, but he did another one about um, criminal profiling and how criminal profiling is portrayed in movies and even in real life sometimes as being this very successful thing. You you can find out certain things about a killer just based on how he kills. And it turns out that you actually really can't. And it's almost akin to like how psychics do cold reading and stuff. So it's all very interesting, uh, obviously nonfiction, which I also don't dabble a whole lot in, but um, thought provoking, which is good. Um, Cause I like was listening to it like at the gym and stuff um, where your, your mind usually wanders. So I'd strongly recommend it. Um, I will probably be reading more of his, but for now, this uh, the book, I just realized I didn't say the title of the book. It was called What the Dog Saw. You know, I was actually just, so I Googled him and a bunch of book titles came up and then that was the one that I actually clicked on. I was literally just like scrolling through and I was like, this looks really interesting. So it was great. And the reason it's called What the Dog Saw is that one of the articles was, it was the audio book was in like 10 installments and each of those installments would roughly feature one article. So that's kind of how long they were. Um, not like your average newspaper article much longer than that. But one of them was about Caesar Milan, who, for those of you who don't know, is also known as the Dog Whisperer. He had like a show on, I don't know, like A&E or something where he like couples can't handle their dog. And they're like, Caesar, come help us. And he like comes in and like just makes the dog amazing immediately. And the, the article was like about how he does that and how much... Uh, body language is a, like a huge influence um, on how dogs interact and react to us. So it was super interesting. Lots of psychoanalysis, lots of deep thought. It's actually it's actually true for those of you having issues with your dog. So my dog recently, and he's he's getting to be older. He's uh, coming on five this year. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, was. <laughs> from like the age of two to recently was possessive. If you pet him while he was eating his food, he would growl at you. And originally the first reaction was, whoa, and then just kind of leave him to eat his food. But I was like, nah, I ain't gonna have it. So I just made sure that he knew that I wasn't afraid. And now he just is like, all right, I guess you can touch my food again. Which, yeah, a lot of what they do is like they they mirror what you're doing. So like if you have a very open and again it was all like analyzing this guy's body language and like if you have a very open posture that's not defensive at all, if your if your facial facial muscles aren't tensed at all, they they respond to that specifically. So it's just like super interesting. On the note of books, um and our listeners would not remember this, but once upon a time we had done a book club when we were a different podcast. And this just reminded me how interesting that concept might be. Wink, wink, wink listeners. Wink, wink. wink. Um, that's what I've been up to. Let's now, let's move on now that we've burned like almost half an hour just talking about ourselves. Uh, let's talk about Google Stadia. Assuming that's how it's pronounced. I actually don't know how it's pronounced. I've only ever read it. So Google Stadia is 
Google's big announcement that came, I want to say like almost two weeks ago, because I think we were talking about, we were talking about discussing it in the last episode, or we did. Um, it was this big announcement they were teasing that was supposed to vastly influence the future of gaming. And what it turns out to be is basically like a streaming gaming platform. So my understanding of it is you can play it, you can play games across multiple devices and you can like, you can be like watching a game on YouTube like watching someone else play it. And then a little button pops up that's like, that's like, do you want to play this right now? And you click it and you're just freaking playing it. And it's like, I'm, I guess it's like all in the cloud or something. Like you can stream at like 60 FPS, 4K HDR, but like it's, there's no updates, no downloads. That's like the big thing about it is that you're supposed to be able to just like jump right into a game if you want to play it. Um, so we had discussed the potential for something like this in the past, and this is kind of what I thought the announcement was going to be, especially after they released their controller mock-up. And right. I have many thoughts. And so there, yeah, there there is hardware associated with it too. I feel like I didn't mention that, but there is a controller specifically associated with it. Um, but yeah, go on. So my first thought is, um, I, I've, it sounds great in theory. And a lot of the things that I've been reading about people who were there in person and got a chance to try it at GDC was that while it looks really good when someone else is playing it, as soon as they had a chance to get the controller in their hand, they immediately felt that it was just kind of off. There is a little bit of input lag. And that's an ideal condition, condition when they're displaying this and premiering this for the whole world to see. So it sounds really good in theory. And I've had this experience with PlayStation 4 streaming to my computer within our same home network, everything like best settings, we have a really good router, we have good internet speeds, everything like that, everything should be good, good bandwidth, and the input lag just felt really disconcerting. Right, it's like spongy, because I've tried that once before too, I feel like there's no ideal condition, Right. like there are ideal conditions, but they're still not ideal, and like... It's actually, it's funny because like, I agree with everything you said. And if you, if you, ironically, if you Google, Google Stadia, like the first few articles that come up are saying like this, the title of this one is, I tried Google Stadia and latency got me killed. Uh, How Google's game console, quote unquote, could ruin gaming. Uh, Google Stadia, don't believe the hype. Like, so there's like, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, it sounds great, but how the heck are they going to get over just latency? Black. Yeah, I think it's. I think that this technology is coming out before it's ready. Um, I mean, if you, I'm a big nerd when it comes to watching the History Channel and like all of this future tech and all of the other stuff that comes out on these shows, um, and uh, you know, like the Michio Kaku type shows. And one thing that I think needs to exist, and, and you guys can make fun of me all you want, um, is quantum computing. That's that's the theoretical no latency exists between user input and processing time. Yeah, I mean, why would I make fun of that? That's just that's just science, as far as I understand it. But um, you know, at, at the same time, right? There's there's little tricks and shortcuts that they can do to minimize this to where it's right because the the human brain can only process 60, uh, 60 frames per second. So if right. you if you can you know truncate that, then there's ways to make it not noticeable, and 
I just don't think we're there yet. Is is really the the point of what I'm saying? Well, that that was the thing too that they pointed out in terms of graphics. Like the games looked good, but it's just that lag between the controller and then going all the way to a server and then showing up on your screen on the way back. That reaction just isn't there. And well, it's it, yeah, it's just like uh, and I was who was I just I think I was just talking to one of you about this. Uh, it's, it reminds me of Theranos, which is like this thing. We could probably also talk about that at some point. About there's this documentary on HBO now about this girl who basically said, "You, I can create this machine where you can walk into a Walgreens up to like a red box looking thing, have your finger pricked with one drop of blood, and they could give you all the blood test results you would get for uh, blood, like regular blood tests. So like it sounds great, but it's just not possible. And like this is like the same kind of thing." Um, where it sounds amazing and like maybe it's like trying to line up with because isn't 5g coming out soon mm-hmm. isn't that a thing yep but this is all this is all visual it's it's not so much visual it's the input delay lag you can have beautiful graphics and it's not going to change your input delay right yeah, right yeah but, but a faster internet connection would theoretically reduce your input lag to yeah. a, a cloud-based server so and and with respect to the sixty frames per second that I mentioned, that means that the input to return would have to be less than point zero one six seconds, sixteen milliseconds. That's pretty gosh darn fast. Wait, Rich. Yeah, like there, it doesn't seem like we're there yet. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Like, I you know maybe where we're landing on this is we're just a bunch of wet blankets. Like like there are a bunch of people I think who are really excited about it. Again, like. Maybe because you can like be watching like a Twitch stream or a YouTube video and just like I want to play that. Click, I'm playing that. Which is like, there's some element of that that I think is truly the future and it's amazing. But it's just we don't have the tech yet. So what I think they should do, I think there's a market for this technology, and what they should do is sell it to game developers as like a incentive for people to try their game, and then it would just no different than a beta version or a trial i see i think i think that's a good idea that's a really good idea thanks the the only issue that i have with it is that microsoft is also playing in this field at the same time and sony has also been in this field they've had ps now which is basically the same thing a streaming service and in terms of like take the technical capabilities aside and a, I don't know if I trust Google in the gaming space, and this sounds kind of like hoity-toity, but hear me out. So Google has adopted a lot of projects that seem like they're really good, and then when they don't do as well as they think monetarily, they drop them. Google Glass. Exactly. There are, like, I can count on multiple hands the number of projects yeah, that. that I know offhand that seemed really good and then because they just didn't give it enough development time or enough time to take off they just cut it down before i thought was necessary and that's why i'm saying sell the technology sell it to microsoft tell, but sell that's it the thing to microsoft is already working on a platform that is superior supposedly from people who have tried both sony already has their own platform i can't help but wonder if google is just latching on but they're going to realize pretty quickly that they're too late to the game. Mm-hmm. And then where does all this technology go? The games that they develop that might be great games, like when their service ends, what happens to those? 
there's no physical hardware. And I guess that just shows me being like a geek for wanting physical game discs. But like, if you don't have that physical so you, hardware, you... what happens to that game when Google inevitably cuts this down? So you're mistrusting of the fact that you don't get anything physically to have. And I mean, it's no I, different. I can understand it's that. It's no different than like, a subscription service. But I'm just even thinking about. I mean, one of the major things in gaming has been just looking at the labor hours that go into creating a game. So what happens yeah. now when you have people sacrificing years of their lives to create a game for Google, and then in five years down the road they decide like they don't want to do this. This is not the direction they want to take anymore. And then that game just disappears. We talked about that with, I think Red, De Red Red Redemption was the one we talked about very recently with people put like hundreds of thousands of man hours into making that game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it would, I, your, your concerns are valid. I think a lot of them are, are rooted in like basic psychology. Like I, I am also the kind of person who likes to just have something to physically hold. So like that's, that's one aspect of it, but like, let this be a lesson to all you folks out there. No one's perfect. Not even Google. They have failed projects. This one might fail too. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I just don't know if the technology is ready yet. Google, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, because you're listening to everything. Uh, don't steal our beta testing idea, because that's a money maker. It's really my um, beta testing idea. You guys are just taking credit. It's fine though. Right. It's it's. I'll publicly acknowledge right now for the for the lawyers that that is Tactic One's idea, and I have no intention of stealing it. Um, but where there is Google, there is also, obviously Apple. It's one of the other big boys, um, and they a couple of days ago had a kind of a press conference of their own. It seems like they announce press conferences like the day before they happen. Mm -hmm. So like you just kind of find out. Um, a couple of the bigger. Apple announcements. Um, essentially, the big thing they announced was a credit card, which you're like, to me, that's counterintuitive. Doesn't really seem like a kind of thing that Apple would delve into. I, I feel like they've said publicly that they're not about the whole credit card game, um, but they essentially are partnering up with Goldman Sachs and releasing a credit card that works very fluidly with Apple Pay. And like, there's certain nice things about it that I, I could get into. Um, I won't. I don't think they're super so, interesting. I think it's genius, right? Think about when you go to literally any major retailer. Uh, Kohl's is a great example, right? Oh, do you want to open up a Kohl's charge card? I'm sure you've all heard that before. Um, and, and, and what's the incentive, right? You get 10% off all of our products in store. It, it's going to keep people coming back because, you know, I know all iPhone users are always looking over the fence at, hey, How's that Android for looking at it? And vice versa for Android users, right? Um, I mean, not me personally. I, I won't ever get an iPhone, but just saying. I'm an iPhone guy. Yeah, you're weird. So, 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 so like, a couple of things about the credit card. Uh, the titan the physical card itself, because there is a physical card, it's made of titanium. That just which, seems so... Why? I don't understand. That's so wasteful. They're not the first to do it's, that, though. It just... it Why? I don't get it. It seems very, very extra. <laughs> To, to use that word. Um, but essentially, there's... So the Apple Card, basically, it's, it's, it's fully seamlessly integrated with iPhone's wallet app. So, like, the app can track your spending by category. Uh, it integrates your transaction history with Apple Maps. Um, it, if, you, if you need any customer service, you can text... You can just, like, text on your phone some bot that will help you through most things, apparently. Does it have a, does um, it have a headphone jack? The, the credit card? <laughs> I think it's a little slim for that, but... Um, 
it uses the MasterCard network. Uh, no late fees or annual fees, apparently, which I don't know how you can have no late fees. Wouldn't everyone just not pay their credit card bill then? I don't understand. Um, in any case, that was well, one mean, of their major announcements. You would still have interest. You just wouldn't have an, a late fee. Right. Um, so that was their one of their bigger things. The other probably biggest thing was what's being called Apple TV Plus, <laughs> um, which is essentially... Like so, there already is Apple TV, but this is supposed to be this new thing that um, will actually also feature individual programming. Um, so apparently, Apple is currently associated or has been associated with 34 different TV and movie productions. Um, and like, so when this thing was introduced, Steven Spielberg helped helped introduce it, which is especially ironic because he was recently railing against st- uh, streaming films as like not being legitimate Oscar contenders, but like. You got Steven Spielberg, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, Oprah Winfrey, um, Jennifer Aniston, all of whom have upcoming shows. So it's in theory supposed to directly combat with Amazon Prime, Netflix, stuff like that. Um, I don't know if another if another player is needed in that field. That's like my first gut instinct is like, how many streaming services do we really need? I feel like, so right now... I would be very hard-pressed to get into an Apple TV um, subscription because while all of those names are big hitters, they also have um, exclusive content to the other major hitters. They have, like, Steve Carell has the new show coming out on Netflix. Jennifer Aniston. Space Forks. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Jennifer Aniston has the movie on Netflix. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other names that you mentioned off. But, like, there are so many... Like, if I signed up for services based on the actors that I liked having exclusive content on those services, man, I would be juggling, like, six or seven different ones. And I just don't have the bandwidth for that. Do you know what they should start doing? And and this is something that has since died out years and years and years ago. Whatever happened to customer loyalty? You know, if you've been buying an iPhone for the last ten years... Give them a free subscription service, things like that, because things like that would incentivize people to, oh, wow, if I stay on for five years, I get that subscription service. That kind of marketing, yeah. in my opinion, needs to come back. Yeah, but why makes why give something to someone for free when you know in your heart of hearts that they will just buy it? People are going to buy this. Like, people, especially, I feel like they were late to the game. I feel like... At the end of they the day, the they're going to say, well, right. I got Netflix and Hulu, that's enough. Honestly, I look at this entire slate of Apple announcements, and the entire thing just feels like they're trying to build up steam from lost ground. That didn't make any sense, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I think, the yeah, credit card, I, no, I, I, like, I get it. They're trying to play in a space, I think, with a credit card that Venmo has already capitalized on. Like, Venmo even has a physical card that taps into your funds and i have it and it's great it works flawlessly you can split stuff and i feel like apple's seeing that and eyeing that for a potential place to break in but that area has already been in my opinion not necessarily perfected but pretty well established like venmo is now the main contender and even then when you get into the tv stuff it's like apple used to be one of the more innovative companies and i feel like they're just playing catch up and from behind all the time well, so the the American market seems to agree with you. So 
the announcements were made on Monday. Um, apparently, during intraday trading after the event, the Apple, Apple stock was down almost 2%. So people were not, not enthralled. Um, so between this and I don't know if you guys saw the news, and I don't think this is a, an exactly a late-breaking thing, but there is the potential that iPhones will not be able to be sold in the U.S. because there's some um, infringement issue with Qualcomm. Um, so that would effectively, until Apple meets whatever legal stipulations they have to um, meet, they cannot sell whatever iPhones have Qualcomm technology in them, which wouldn't is a like half amount. the Western Hemisphere shut down if that happened. Well, you can still have it; you just can't sell new ones. Ah. So, to well, me, be like between that and these kind of questionable business decisions like Coming to do, android do you see the downfall of apple ha- happening anytime soon come to android no absolutely not i mean i mean i admit that this slate of announcements like the only announcements i tend to get quote-unquote excited for are the ones that involve new hardware of some kind these were all like little thing and there's a couple we haven't even mentioned they released apparently a new a news subscription service, News Plus, which like I could, I could care less, man. Again, uh, and then from behind because Kindle owns that space. See, I don't see them. I don't see the downfall of Apple. I see Apple returning to its roots. Right? Think about where Apple came from. They came from the Macintosh computer. Um, then they dove into all these other markets. I I can see them, you know, kicking away the iPhone, kicking away the subscription, and going back to just a monster computer that that has its own. Uh, software unique to say Windows or Linux. I could see them moving away from stuff like Apple TV mm-hmm. and maybe even the the wearables like the Apple Watch. But I I don't I don't agree with you. I think iPhone is I think not that, going anywhere. Yeah, iPhone is is like iPad maybe, but iPhone is not going anywhere. There's no way. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I tend to not get excited about announcements that don't have any hardware involved with them. Um, so I wasn't particularly excited about about this one, but um, another one that was met, that was talked about was what's being called a game bundle, Apple Arcade, which like I don't really play phone games that much. So like that was another one that just like didn't particularly enthrall me. But Apple fanboys out there are probably going crazy. I have a MacBook, I have an iPhone, like I, I wouldn't call myself an Apple fanboy, but like I'm definitely an Apple boy. I'm I'm an Apple boy. But I wasn't, like, blown away by this. I feel like in this day and age, so I used to really rail behind Xbox. I used to really rail behind Apple at one point. Like, Microsoft was actually my main true thing. Like, I had a Zune. I had the Surface. I had the Xboxes. Like, I had that Microsoft band. But nowadays, I feel like I'm too diversified. There's no clear-cut winner in any market. Like, And I don't think there needs to be, like... Competition anything, maybe... drives technological innovation. Yeah, like I I'm I'm not sure sometimes I I'm, I don't even feel great about the fact that I own both an iPhone and a MacBook. Obviously they work well together, but like at the same time like I could probably get a Surface that would be better or like you know, I I've dabbled in like Chromebooks to see if Windows has gotten to a point where I feel like it's user friendly enough, meaning I won't break it. That's why I have a MacBook. I can't break it. It's impossible to break. Windows, you do one thing, the computer lights on fire. So, like, I, yeah, I want to get to a point where I have, like, one of each, you know. Um, 
and hopefully I get there. But yeah, this this announcement was not enthralling, I, I would say. What was enthralling, and we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about this, but uh, was it yesterday that PS4 held their first state of play presentation, which is supposed to be in the style of Nintendo Direct, which is apparently another similar such presentation, basically just to give you a look at a number of games on the way for PS4 this year. The most exciting of which is probably an Iron Man VR game. That looks amazing. Um, so I don't mean to burst the bubble. I didn't. I was about to burst it too. I didn't so think go it ahead. looked that good. I, I've when I first saw it, I I'm like the world's biggest Iron Man fan. So like I crap my pants. No, you're not. I was. I'm the world's biggest Iron Man fan. All right, I'm the world's second biggest Iron Man fan. So I like crap my pants. I was going insane, but like. The more you, it's like a short little video showing how the game works. It's like not even two minutes, but the more you watch it, you're like, you realize that the in-game experience looks like a mobile game. Supposedly, I was reading a little bit more on it, and it's going to be a game on rails, which just feels like a huge miss for something as cool as Iron Man. Right. So I've seen, and granted, YouTube is is not a good place to get to gauge public sentiment. I'll, I'll say that right off the top, but from the public sentiment I've gained, I've gauged on YouTube, people are clamoring for an open world game like Spider-Man that features someone like Iron Man, which granted that would be harder to accomplish for a number of reasons, namely that I think Spider-Man as a character is more well suited to the open world environment than Iron Man would be, but people don't want a rail shooter, you know, as cool as it is to have your HUD and like, feel like you're Iron Man, you're also flying through the air while in reality you're like sitting on your couch and you're just kind of like looking around and shooting at some stuff. I I agree with you. I think it could be better. Uh, Tectic, do you have a counterpoint See, to that? It, it's tough, right? Because how do you make it better without guiding the player? You know what I mean? You only have the two sticks in your hand and your head movement. No, it's definitely a challenge. I, I'm not. I'm not sure that what I'm saying is I'm not sure that VR is the way to go. Like, I think VR gives you some cool knickknacks. Like, again, you 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 feel like you're in a suit, sure, but like, it's really hard to make that feel intuitive in that environment. Spider Man. Again, I hate to keep leaning on that example, but like, Spider Man feels so intuitive. Sure, you're not in his suit, but you are. You are him when you're playing that game and you have the fluidity of movement, you can swing around on buildings, and you feel like you are him. I think that's attainable with a standard format, and maybe even more attainable than this is. I I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but, but I, mean, I have kind of experienced an evolution with this in the past, like, 24 hours, where I first saw it, thought it was amazing, and I've come down. Even, like, the graphics are disappointing. And I know you're limited by what the PS can do with VR because not everyone has the PS4 Pro. We certainly don't. And it just takes a lot of graphics power to support VR. But man, like I have seen some pretty good visuals in a VR game and what I've seen so far of the Iron Man game is just like it looks like a mobile game at best. I I think and Tech I apologize. I feel like we're just piling on and crushing your joy. But like I also feel a little bit like if you are going to get the Marvel IP and like go all in on that, get Robert Downey Jr., get the voice of Friday, make it what it should be. I think y'all are just being haters. 
I, 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 yeah, I'm gonna give I'm it. Not gonna I'm gonna give wrong. it a solid chance, and let the actual gameplay speak for itself. I'm gonna give it a chance, pending price point and reviews. That that's where I am on it. Um, it would break my heart to not buy it, but I, there are circumstances in which I wouldn't. I'll, that's what I'll. That's where I, I'll leave it. Um, other games that were announced: uh, Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fueled. Uh, basically, just like I don't know if you guys are Crash people. Um, no Man's Sky VR. That actually yeah. looks cool. No Man's Sky I've VR. I've never played No Man's Sky. I've, it seems like a very divisive game. I but... have not played it either. Actually, our good friend uh, Firestorm sent me um, No Man's Sky. And I haven't played it yet for various reasons. One, I just didn't like the whole... When the game came out, Like there was just nightmares about what the developers promised and what the game actually was. But I think now that it's settled down and it, like you know what you're getting with the game, experience it in VR could be really cool. Shout out to Firestorm Five Hundred One. Uh, here's to you, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never played. It. I like the idea of it, but I, it's yeah. It sounds like I remember the release when it came out, and people were like, "This is not what we were promised," and there there was kind of a hubbub. But you're right that that's probably died down by this point. I was also, um, I don't know, did you guys see the trailer for um, Blood and Truth? No, it sounds, was that from the event? Yeah, it was. Um, so if you guys played London Heist, which I know Tectic did, I'm not sure if you did, Illegal. No. Um, it was part of VR Worlds, that disc, and it's where you're basically like a mobster. It's maybe like a five to ten minute game. It feels more like a demo. And it was probably my favorite thing on that disc. Yeah, it was intense. It was an intense 10 minutes. I will give it that. And it's basically like a first-person shooter, you're in the mafia kind of thing. Super fun. And so that game studio that developed that um, developed a full-length feature game called Blood and Truth. And they announced it a while back. And now they finally gave it a trailer and a release date. And it looks like a lot of fun. And the best part about it is the difference between my playstyle and Nerdbomber's playstyle. You're a very serious player when you're into it. I'm sitting there picking people's noses and rubbing their nipples. That that was annoying. I was like very, <laughs> I was very immersed in the game, and I was like, "This is so cool! Can you imagine what this beat would be if it was like a full game?" And I'm sitting there going, "Ooh, yeah." I have not seen the tr- this trailer that you're referring to. In fact, the article I have that lists all the trailers doesn't even have it listed, so it must have been a secret trailer. It is um, coming out in May, so... Oh, just in time for somebody's birthday. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my birthday. My birthday's in May for all you listeners out there trying to figure out what my birthday is. Um, a couple of other games, I'll just kind of run through these because we don't have much time. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is getting a VR experience, which I think could be cool. Um, Days Gone. Days Gone has been the most talked about. PS4 has been talking about it for like 100 years. It's finally coming out a month from now, but they released one more trailer for it. Um, It better be good. I've seen like so much footage from that game that they were just like hyping the crap out of it. Um, It's a zombie game for those that don't know. Um, And then Mortal Kombat 11 was the other major one that got a trailer. Um, I don't have much skin in the Mortal Kombat game, so again, not really my thing, but I played, Check out the slate of trailers. I played the yeah. last Mortal Kombat, and it was okay. Like, it was fun. I've had fun with it, but that's the kind of game that, like, I would enjoy playing it, but I would never want to own it. I can't imagine owning that game. Mm-hmm. 
Do you do you own it? We owned obviously not eleven, but we owned the last one. What was that X? Would have been, yeah, I guess it would have been right mm-hmm. the tenth one. Um, I mean, I, it I was think fun, a friend though. of mine got X. Yeah, it's fun, but like, what replay value does it have? It was one of those things where it got old fast. It's very right. easy to spam the gory finisher, and then it's just like, eh. And that's what we're all in it for is, is the gory finisher. Um, so yeah, that, that's that state of play. Um, do we have time for to talk about Florida Man? We should t- make time to talk about Florida Man. Yeah, we let's talk about a few real quick. Let's talk about Florida Man. Yeah, go ahead. I'll Nick. run it down. So popular trend going on where if you type in Florida Man and then follow it with your birth month and your birth date, guaranteed you can find some hilarious story. So me personally, my story I found quite entertaining. It was Florida Man dig an underground tunnel in an attempt to rob a bank. <laughs> Did he ever get there? No. Oh my gosh. They saw the guy. He was he was digging through it under a street, and, and, and he started digging right off the side of the highway. And someone asked, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, it doesn't work for me. The challenge doesn't. You just explained how fun it is, and I've tried it. I actually had you try it too. Just you, the idea is supposed to be: you type in your Florida man and then your birthday. Well, when you do that for me, you don't get anything interesting. At most, you get things that are sad, like policemen like being shot and stuff. Like that's it. It's not. It's not funny. Uh, Nerd bomber, what was your experience like with this? I googled mine. Um, it was. It was kind of funny. It was depressing, though. Like, a lot of the art, like, how much stuff goes on in Florida? What is going on down there? So I think that that's the joke is that a lot seems to happen. So there's but... a, on the radio station I listen to on the drive into work, there's a game called Ohio, Texas, or Florida. I have heard this radio station, and this is an amazing game. And it's, it is Go an on. amazing game because for whatever reason, these three states have these zaniest stories. So... Keep you know, I tip my hats to you, Ohio, Texas, and Florida. Keep keep the good stories coming. You guys are doing a great job. So you well, you didn't really explain what the game is, but the game is one of the announcers ex- describes a crime to the other one, and he has to guess whether it happened in Texas, Florida, or Ohio. And the yeah, they're just absurd stories. So I agree. Shout out to those three states. Um. Except Ohio, I hate I hate driving through Ohio. Don't not an Ohio fan. Uh, if you don't like that, uh, hit me up in the comments. I don't know. <laughs> I always just say hit me up in the comments if I say something that seems remotely uh, negative. Um, well, to wrap up, I guess we'll talk about uh, fantasy movie league. So and uh, the end of our experience. Yeah. The so we we had split this up because we were limited by ten weeks and ten weeks. Um, so the first round of Fantasy Movie League is over. Season one of FML has commenced. Or so it will be continuing. It will that's be what continuing. Yes. All right. I'm very on board with that. I want. I'm out to. I'm out for redemption. It already. I should tell you how I did. It already stout, starts this week. So make sure you set your lineups. Don't forget. Some of you had issues with that. I was not uh, one of them. I feel attacked. I feel attacked by that comment. Am I already? Am I automatically like enrolled? Do I have to do anything? I'm pretty sure we're all automatically enrolled. So we should be good. Um, this past season ended with me being victorious, mostly because Ooh. I'm not 
one of those forgetful people who don't set a lineup every week. Um, well, in tactics defense, I don't think he forgot the week he forgot. I think he was just trying to make it interesting between me and him, which thank you for that, by the way. Anytime. Um, but, oh, crap. So this, this past week, um, well, okay, so we'll start with two weeks ago. The big movie that came out was Captain Marvel, obviously. That was a huge box office buster. If you didn't have that in your lineup, you were basically screwed. Um, this past week, Us was more along the lines of the box office buster. It, as we mentioned earlier, totally crushed records. Um, and basically, that hoisted Illegal into his weekly victory. Um Within, it was like crazy. It was like sixty plus million for the weekend, right? Uh, us made seventy million in its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was a, a big get for me. Um, yeah, the, so the the season, the numbers on the season, uh, Nerd Bomber blew us out of the water. But uh, she also didn't forget any weeks. Right. That is that is true. So she finished with uh, over ten weeks, mind you. $771 million, roughly speaking. Uh, then way down in second place, Tectic had $645.5 million. $125 million behind the leader. Um, I almost caught you. I was. I, I thought for sure I was going to catch you. Uh, Nerd Bomber sent me a text on Monday morning saying like, man, you killed it this week. And I was like, yes, I, I passed him. I, I got, my, got my groove back. No, my groove is still missing uh i finished with 640 so i was very close um but not quite i do want to note though for the record that in the 10 weeks i won four weeks y'all only won three so if i had just showed up for those other weeks i feel like i would have been in good shape and i just want to note that i was a solid second and third place candidate that i mean you're right about that um i can't fault you on that logic i i have a lot to prove going into season two that's all i'm going to say um you know who else has a lot to prove going into season two you the listeners what the heck guys none of you even showed up i mean come on clearly we need competition yeah if especially you, nerd bomber if you guys want to join um all of the details are posted on our twitter which i was proud of myself i was slightly active on our twitter um Probably, wow. I think a little bit but last week for St. Patrick's Day. I posted a few things. It was great. Um, we had some engagement with one of my Twitter posts, so that was fun. But yeah, if you if you want to get engaged in our fantasy movie league, uh, check us out. We are the Online Warriors Podcast League, and the password is none other than podcast. Is that all all lowercase? All lowercase. There you go, guys. Easy to remember. Uh, Nerd Bomber's getting too big for her britches. I need someone to come in here and shrink her britches. Put them in the dryer at high heat. Shrink them down. Um, or no, I guess you're getting too big for your britches. It means the britches have to be larger, right? I guess. Br- britches are pants, right? So, yeah, if you're getting too big for your britches, you actually need to just go buy new britches because the ones you're wearing are too small. Someone buy Nerd Bomber pair of new britches and send them to her in the mail that's a good place to leave it right i think so tactic anything else you want to add no i'm good i think we covered it three minutes over three minutes over uh and it was three minutes well spent thank you all for listening 
And uh, we'll talk at you again in a couple of weeks. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>